the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. The following program is sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation. This is Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. Each week, Wendy brings resources and information to help guide you through those next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. Now, here's Wendy Jones with this week's guest. Good morning and welcome to Next Steps for Seniors. Your host, Wendy Jones here. And each and every week, we really do our best to to dive into what real life is about. And we try to answer your questions and give you real answers. And this week, we have our special guest in the studio today, Pastor Timothy Helland. And if you remember the beginning of the year, each and every month, one time a month, I wanted to have Pastor Tim on to talk about the world issues today and how we look to the future, and to the Bible for answers. And Pastor Tim, good morning. Good morning. Good to be here. <laughs> We're glad you're here. We're here. just glad you're here. This beautiful and, snowy morning. Yes. Creekside Christian Church is uh, where he's a pastor, and he's got an enormous amount of experience, um, schooling, all the things. But I think most important is his relationship with God. And you'll be able to hear that as you listen to this, this uh, program today. And the topic is love overall, because every month I feel like we need to be reminded, we need to dive in deep, and we need to really look to the scriptures, because God gave us this book 2,000 plus, almost three, 4,000, right, mm-hmm. years ago, uh, for us to use as a guide. Mm-hmm. It's a guide. And so listeners, dust your Bibles off, take them off, leave them on the kitchen counter. If you, if you don't have a Bible, get a Bible. Um, this book gives us the answers. It truly does. So our topic today in this crazy world that we're living in is love overall. So Pastor Tim, you know, I know you, you do so much prep work and so much, you know, praying about what we're going to talk about today. So share with our listeners what's been on your heart. Well, we, 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 I think we set the table in the first two months when we talked about the importance of love and where the, the, the true source of love is and that comes from God. But there's this question that that I get all the time when I'm counseling or when people come in pre-marriage, post-marriage, marriage difficulties, and they're like, well, how do you, how do you love 
when it's challenged. How do you love when someone doesn't want your love or when someone's not reciprocating? And so, so you, I love First Corinthians 13, the love chapter. So it talks all about love. And you get to the end of that, and I love the, it's easy to remember because it's 13, 13. First Corinthians 13, 13, it, it ends with, but uh, the, these three things remain. So these, there's three components to all of our lives that are eternal, faith, hope, and love. Pretty stellar list right there. So if you could have all three of those, you're good to go. But then Paul says one more thing. He says, but the greatest of these is love. And so we, we, we've said it before, and I think it bears repeating that. Think of, the, think of this list. Faith, without faith, you can't be saved. So without faith, there's, there is no salvation. Hope, which is, you know, hope is what faith is built on. So hope is being able to look for something when you can't see it. And then love. And he says, the greatest of these is love. So, so in my mind, I'm thinking, how could anything be, be more important than faith? Well, if, if you can't learn to love, you really can't, you can't practice and experience faith because you know, as we said last week, this all comes from the Lord. And so when I answer the question and when I, and as I was considering where we're going today, how do you handle difficult love? If you just go back six verses in first Corinthians 13, Paul says, talking about love, he gives us this, this, some people see it as a list. I see it as a sequence. He says, love bears all things. Love believes all things, love hopes all things, and love endures all things. So what I wanted to do today is to dive into this list from 1 Corinthians 13, 7 and really come up with a strategy of being able to love when love is challenged. That's where I, I think that we can go. And let me just say, I think we all need that oh, right now. absolutely. And, and you know... Um, just when I mean, you look at all the things that are happening in the news and on, and on media and social media and everything, and you got, you know, cancel culture has gone awry and this person is, you know, we're, we, you're cut off and you're cut off. Well, I quit and I'm leaving here and I'm, and we're, we're, we're really carving up society into smaller and smaller sections and we're really getting more and more insulated from each other. And that is a huge challenge for love. And the best time, let me just add, for God to bring us back together through this Bible. Oh, absolutely. That's, I mean, 100%. That, that we'll, we'll, we'll go deep in when we talk about how love hopes all things. But to, to start this, let's, let's, there's a, a quote from a, a renowned psychiatrist who was back in the 20s, and he died in the, I think in 1990, Carl Menninger, very part of the Menninger Foundation and the clinics and um, but he's, it's not that he's this great uh, theologian, but he, he has this quote that says, love is the medicine for the sickness of the world. Now, now here's, here, this is not a theologian. This is not a guy who's a, a, a pastor or a priest or anything like that. He's just, he's a second, super smart. Um, I don't know as I believe in everything that he believed in, but I liked this quote because he says, the best medicine for the world, for the sicknesses of the world, is love. Mm -hmm. And he, he says that love cures. It cures those who give it, and it cures those who receive it. Wow. 
That's pretty profound. And so, so he has taken the the. It's not just a notion; it's the reality that when you're looking at a problem in society, love is the cure. And then I think we we have turned that, and I think that when we see someone who's a problem, we want to get rid of them. We just want to isolate them. Right, right. Push them, you know, marginalize, whatever, all, all these different terms that we have today. But it's, you know, we're, we're, we're moving farther and farther on this spectrum of all these different issues from each other rather than closer and closer. So we're not doing, there's not a whole lot of trying to find the common ground. Exactly. But when you, you consider, I love how, how to go to, a, I think, an even better source, First Peter 4, verse 8, he's writing and he says, Love covers a multitude of sins. Now, now imagine this statement, looking at it theologically or just um, grammatically, or let's come forward contextually into our contemporary, the arena that we're living in today. And, and imagine a sentence that, that has love and sin in the same sentence in a context that says, here's how these two things actually come together. And, and sin is a violation of something that's right. It's something that goes against the moral fabric, whether, whether you're talking religiously in the Bible, the Ten Commandments, or you're talking legally in society against the moral fabric or the moral code of that society. So we all know what sin is. But, but you know, through the, the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, as Peter is writing his epistle, this, this letter, he's saying, when you see issues out there, the best way to overcome those, and this is one of the places where we came up with this title, love over all. How do you, how do you reach over that barrier? Well, love is, is the best common ground to come to and, and, and to start saying, well, if, if I will give my love your way, will this help? Mm. And this is where, and, and I'll say it at the end again, but I'm going to kind of lead off here. Love is risky business. Love is, is there's a lot of liability in putting love out there because you're, you're creating a, uh, an opportunity for vulnerability because go back to some of the earlier relationships and, and most people relate to this, especially young people when they start dating, going out, getting into a relationship, there's this, this awkward time where who's going to say, I love you first. <laughs> and, and you wait because the, you know, one of the most challenging moments in a young person's life is when you say, I love you and it doesn't come back and you're like, Oh no. And so, but so, so this is, this is part of the riskiness of love, which is why I think culturally and even, even humanly, historically, we hold back on love because we don't want to get hurt. And, and I'm seeing this happen today where we're, we're, we're pulling in the reins of love everywhere because we don't, we don't want to get hurt. So we're just not throwing it out there as much. Um, which is causing all the division and the dissension and the change. I mean, it's, and it's hurting us. It's hurting everybody oh, really at this point. Absolutely. That's why I love that quote from, from Dr. Menninger where he says, love cures the giver and the receiver. So, so when you, and, and this is, this is a characteristic of God that he gave to man. And you think of, of all the, 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 
the creatures and the world, you, know, you go from the plant world to the animal world and you go, come all the way up to humans, um, no other species loves like humans. Mm-hmm. So, so here we have this capacity for love. What are we doing with it? Right. We have an opportunity, and there's no other opportunity like today. That's right. 2022, this is your opportunity. You're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. We'll be back in just a moment to hear more from Pastor Tim about love. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Our topic today, a little different than every other week, is love over all. And we have Pastor Timothy Helland with us today uh, from Creekside Christian Church. Good to be and here. right here in Rochester. And it's Rochester Hills, though, right? Yep, yep. Okay, same thing. <laughs> but we're excited to have him here today because, you know, we're in a time, really, in our lives 2022 that we've seen things and done things that we've just never saw um, or, you know, thought were possible really. And there's more division in our country as sad as it is than ever before. So our topic today, love overall really is um, bringing us to a common ground. Like Pastor Tim said in the first segment, our goal is to, is to be one, to be, you know, unified and, and God, only God really can do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and I believe it's, it's, Coming to a place of being unified as as Christians and as a church, but also to be unifiers, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's where I love coming from. First Corinthians thirteen, as we referenced in the first session, there um, that list that that Paul gives us in verse seven, and and it starts with love bears all things, and when you 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 come up against a difficult situation to continue to love or to invest love and and you the human response the knee jerk is to withdraw and to say okay yeah, no forget it not not interested but i believe that there there's an importance in listening to what the holy spirit is speaking through paul in first corinthians 13 and carrying just just holding up and in one way that you could look at it is is learning to en- endure, which is the last one, but bearing up something in silence. And and I think that it's important for us to know that just because we don't agree with someone, we don't always have to tell them. Mm. And I think because of where we're going culturally with with social media and everything else – Everybody's responding instantly to everything. I don't like it. I don't agree. Nope, that's not right. That's not how I, you know, it's even a snowstorm. You know, it's six <laughs> when inches, the twelve says inches, twenty-four <laughs> inches. American model, European model. You know, and there's and, there's, and the, that's fine. But do we really? Is it worth, you know, forty lines of text saying I don't agree? 
Well, and um, I just feel like I have to share this. So I would say, I would say it's probably about four years ago. I was in a situation that was uncomfortable and I, I kept praying and praying and praying. And I was like, God, I just don't know what to do. And, and the Lord gave me a word, one word, and it's changed my life since that day. And you know what the word was? Inconsequential. Mm, mm -hmm. And I was like, Mm, I've heard that before. I'll be darn. (laughs) It's inconsequential. It just doesn't matter. And that's such a big scheme of things. Bingo. Never forget that word. And I believe that that when 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 Paul is writing this, he's he's saying, stop getting wound up about things that that don't matter. And so love bears. And so when we when we think of bearing, you know, the 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 next word we put on that is a burden. So. It is burdensome. Sometimes it is, you know, say a lot of people will say, well, that's not fair. Well, is love always fair? You know, it's not. You, you, if you're keeping score, if you have a scorecard We've for a, a relationship, it. yeah, you're, you've already, you're already way off. You're, you've left 1 Corinthians 13 a long time ago. So, so I, I think that as we're dealing and as we're, as we're coming into more and more relationships with people who, who do see life very different than us, that that we don't always have to say I don't agree with you, or even more challenging is when you say um, you're wrong. Now they may be wrong, they may be off, but are they in a position in a place where they can hear what you have to say? And and even more importantly, are you in is in a position to say something that they can hear? And so when you bring an love, real godly love into all of your relationships, all of your, you know, the, the arenas where you find yourself doing love life, whether it's, it's at home or in business or in church or wherever. When we hold our tongue and, and I have found that I say a lot less than I used to because so much of what I want to say doesn't need to be said. It doesn't, I love that word that you use. It's inconsequential. And so, um, there's a, a writer who was writing on the same topic and he, he termed it godly silence. Hmm. And we all want a word from God. We do. We all love it when we get a word from God, but I think we can be almost just as effective when God gives us godly silence, when God doesn't give us a word. And sometimes God says, don't say anything. So, so what would you say here, Lord? How many times in history did God just say nothing? You know, you go from Malachi to Matthew. It's 400 years, but God doesn't say a word. I love how you, you follow Moses and Jesus quotes these words when he says, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And God told Moses, no, 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 no. I brought you to a place where you were hungry so I could feed you. But I didn't send you that food so you would believe in the food. I sent you that food so that you would believe in me and know that you don't live by this food I give you. You live by my word. And we need to be that that voice in our society. But that also means that sometimes we need to be that silence in our culture. And uh, I think learning how to bear things in love is learning how to love more quietly. 
Excellent stuff. Just really, really good. Now your your second segment was believe in all things. So bearing all things, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then we move into believing all things. Well, what I want what I love about this is when you 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 tell people love believes all things, they're like, Well, is I'm supposed to believe a you know, a psychopathic liar or you know No, 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 no. First of all, this doesn't mean I'm not saying that love equals uh, naive gullibility. That's not what it is at all. Love must always be guarded with real good biblical godly wisdom on one hand and discernment on the other. So if you see something that's out of whack, you don't, that's not where you invest your feelings. And now you can, you can, you can love from a distance, but what I mean by, and what I believe Paul means when he says love believes all things is even in our court of law, even the United States, completely separate from the Bible, we say somebody is innocent until proof and guilty. So if, if you're hearing a lot of things about someone and you're not sure, believe. Keep believing. And, and this, this belief that we're talking about here, it's a godly belief. It's something that we can only learn if we really have his spirit inside us and his word fueling us every day. And, and you can look at people and you can say, um, and, and these, these, each of these items they don't stand alone. Actually, they're more like dominoes. So when you're, if you find yourself in a really difficult situation, start by bearing it up silently. And then if it still is really challenging, you're not sure what to do, start to invest some belief in that person. Psychiatrists tell us that kids become who you impress on them to be. So if you tell a kid, I believe in you, they start acting like a believable person. Now, I'm not saying that you can completely change everybody by doing this, but I will say that when you believe, when you bring the the essence of godly belief into a relationship, into any relationship, and you show somebody, you know what, I do have some faith in you. Now, all my faith is in God, but I I have some faith in you. <laughs> then 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 it starts to reciprocate, and that's what love does. Love begins to fuel. And it brings infrastructure to relationships that, that nothing else does. You can't do this with wealth. You can't do it with authority. You can't do it with just psychology or academics. This is God-driven, the characteristic of the supreme being God, love coming down and then flowing through man into the world. And when we, when we really begin to show this world that, that, that we believe in them, they will begin to respond to our words. But it's we don't believe in them because of who they are. We believe in them because of who they are, whose image they were created in. And and um, I, I can't emphasize this too much. Every person on this earth has the ability to achieve their godly divine purpose. But they've got to be open to it. We have to receive it. We have to be open to what God is showing us. And the wall that everybody's got all the way down in front of them has got to be broken down piece by piece. And that's where we're going, right, with this? You know, believe that wall is, is down. It is gone. You've got to believe in each other. We've got 40 seconds left, Pastor, in this segment. Well, let 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 me wrap it this way. You look at Jesus walking through the world, and and he says to Simon, you're a rock, after he denied him. He says to the prostitute, 
in Samaria and or even Rahab, your sins are forgiven. To the woman caught in adultery, he said, I don't accuse you. And, and you, can, you can go through example after example after example. When Jesus is moving through the world and he sees someone that we would marginalize and he sees someone who's obviously wrong and he says, I love you. This is Wendy Jones, and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to our topic today is love over all. We're here with Pastor Tim Holland, and, you know, talking about 1 Corinthians 13, 7, love bears all things was our first segment, Mm -hmm. believes all things is our second segment, and now the good stuff too. (laughs) Now it (laughs) hopes all things. So, you know, share with us how, how love hopes all things. You know, when you, you, you take relationships and you take challenged relationships and you start to uh, analyze them <clears throat> and, you, and you find yourself in a place where you're not sure if you, where the other person is. And that's, that's the bearing. You, you just you hold it up until you kind of get it figured out. And if it falls down into the next hole and it's like, well, I, I don't even know if I trust them. Well, love believes all things. Love, love holds out, and and it's godly love. It's it's godly belief. It's um, being able to to trust when you're not sure if you can trust. And the reason I, I and I always will bring God into this because God trusts me when I was untrustable. God put His faith. He he you know He sent His Son for me. Well, I didn't deserve it. I didn't even want it. And so when we can learn to love people. And how to love people that don't want it, which which is, you know, it's it's in silence sometimes. It's it is backing away a little bit and being able to say, okay, um, show me, mm-hmm. or a, or say nothing, like you said in the yeah, last segment. Yeah. Just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> if if that if you find that you know, oh my gosh, these people are unbelievable. When I mean unbelievable, I mean I can't believe anything they say. And you will, we will run into these people. That will happen. So what do you, so is this, is that the break? Is that the cutting point? No, there's still two, two levels here. And the next one is, is being able to bring godly optimism into that relationship. And that's why Paul says, love hopes all things. And when I, uh, bring this, this, this challenge into my life. And I look at some of the relationships that I've pulled back from, have I allowed the Holy Spirit to run them all the way through this this First uh, Corinthians thirteen seven testing list, and and I would say nine out of ten times the answer is no, I haven't. I I'll bail really quickly. I'd be like, ah, oh, you know what? Forget it. I just they're unbelievable. You know, we have a saying: fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So how many chances do we give people? Really, only one. And, and 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 Paul is saying no 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 let's let's step back from that how many chances has God given us and so when we when we we think of godly optimism in relationship to relationships so what I and I know that double double use of a word there when God begins to influence us in the way that we look at other peoples and primarily with how we look at other people in relationship to love. We've taken the word love and we will only use it. We, we pretty much relegated it to either God 
or a spouse or kids or family. Well, there were, there were four words for love in the Greek, and the, and the Bible uses them. And so you have brotherly love, you have affection, which is friendship. You have that agape love, which I would die for you. And, and, then, and then there's one that's, that's, you know, Sartre, I believe is what it's called. And it's, it's this love that is, you, 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 you send it out, and it's kind of like a, um, a really great friend, not quite a brother. And you hear people, sometimes we hear people say, I love you. And we're like, oh my gosh, that's an overuse of the word love. Well, in our world, it might be because we only have one word for love and it's love. But there's a lot of different loves. And so when, when someone has burned every bridge in your life, you're like, that's it, I'm done. We have to remember that there's, there's a difference between a saint and a sinner. And here's the difference. The saint has a past. The sinner has a future. So, so when you, when you, if you're thinking of yourself a little bit too highly than you should, well, let's remember where we came from. Each of us has a past. But God saved us. God, God loved us. God had godly optimism for us. God was hoping. God, there, there is this thing of godly hope. Faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for. And so when you look at Jesus and you go to that, that, that upper room on the last night of Jesus' natural life and they're having the, the, the Last Supper. And when you, you go up there and so all, all 12 disciples are there. Read it carefully. So Judas is in the room. And before they eat, what does Jesus do? He washes their feet. He washed Judas's feet. And he already knew that Judas was going to betray him. So, so the dominoes had been falling in this list between Jesus and Judas. And so, so Jesus had bared the burden of the relationship with Judas Jesus, Jesus had put faith in Judas and allowed him to be the purse keeper and gave him his authority and sent him out to heal and to preach. And you see here in the upper room, Jesus continues to have hope for Judas. And, and when you come to the end, you've got to bring God in. And, and when I say love hopes all things, it means nobody is beyond the realm of God being able to change them. No one. I know there was a time when pe perhaps people saw me as being unchangeable, unbelievable, untrustable. But God did something here. And he wants to, he wants to do something in you. He wants to do something with us. And, and through us, he wants to reach other people and change them. And that's what it means. Love hopes all things. And, and you know, could we, like Jesus, go into a room where there's someone who has burned every bridge with us and wash their feet? Now, culturally, that means nothing to us, but you think of the well, humility. Yeah, yeah. You got you got the disciples walking along the streets in Jerusalem, and what's on the streets in Jerusalem? You know, it's not just dust and dirt. You know, you got camels and ox and mules and sheep and dogs and whatever and, and there's there's no septic or sewer or anything like that it's just it's in the street and it's on their feet so their feet are filthy and they didn't have podiatrists so they have bunions and warts and <laughs> you name it and jesus is taking his hands and he's he's cleansing 
right. the part of them that touches the world the most. And that's what God says, you know, can we, can we believe for people and really reach in and begin to try to make a difference by washing off the part of the world that's clinging to them the most disastrously? By exhibiting that love to mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And in many circumstances, keeping your mouth shut when it comes to your personal opinion on something. There's yeah. so many real life situations that this comes right into. And I, I look at that, that moment and it's, it's, to me, it was, it's been a, uh, a life altering realization that when Jesus washed Judas's feet, first of all, he did it. Mm -hmm. He didn't say anything. He washed his feet like everybody else's. And, 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 and I realized that godly optimism, it goes way beyond human optimism. It's knowing and, and, and having that substance of faith in somebody else that maybe I can't see it. Maybe I can't do anything. But they're still, if they're still breathing, there's a chance that God can. And I'm just, listeners, I'm just going to go on a limb and say God's favorite time to move is when there is absolutely positively no other way for it to happen. Oh, totally God. <laughs> just <laughs> totally God. He just steps into a situation and makes a way where there doesn't seem to be one. And if I haven't seen it once, I've seen it a thousand times in my lifetime. And so that's what hope is, right? That's mm -hmm. where we are right now mm -hmm. in this segment is, is hoping that, that we can see that love pour into people. And having that optimism and, and, and Christians who are listening and Christians who are interacting through, through, through their churches or through any other business or, or um, sports or whatever, bring that godly optimism into your world and, and, and don't allow the, the cultural move of cancel culture to, to infect you and say, okay, I'm going to cut off this person and this person and this group and that group. No, 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 no. There is nothing that God can't do. There's no one he can't change. And so let's, let's be part of that bridge of called love that's over everything. It is. Love overall, it's, just it's saying. The greatest. <laughs> that's exactly why we're here today, listeners. And, you know, Pastor, you just bring it to life. You know, it's so real. And God really gave us this book as a guide for he knew this was going to happen. That's what's so amazing. You know, like Jesus was washing the feet of Judas. He knew exactly what Judas was going to do. So this, none of this takes God by surprise. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. He absolutely 100% knew everything was going to happen. And that's why in this time, we need to rise above the differences. We need to read that Bible and we need to listen to you and listen to, you know, the spirit, the Holy Spirit who guides us. Mm -hmm. And when you have that pounding in your heart, that means don't say anything or it means say something like really listen to what God is directing you to do. This is a time like no other and and I'm encouraged and I have hope and I know you do too, listeners. <laughs> so let's 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 rally around this and let's focus on love overall. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Wendy Jones and you're listening to The Patriot, FM 101.5, AM 1400. Welcome back to Next Steps for Seniors. Our topic today, love overall. And we've had some great segments. Um, love bears all things in the first segment, believes all things in the second segment, hopes all things. And now 
Pastor. We're moving into our last segment of the program. Uh, I hope, listeners, that you've enjoyed this. I hope that you love this once a month love overall topic and, you know, really getting getting your Bibles out and, and diving into the word that God gave us, the truth. This is the truth. In a world that you don't know what the truth is anymore, at least we can look at the Bible and say, we know that's the mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, Pastor, share with us, uh, endures all things. Well, it, it's um, interesting is, is an understatement. Paul, Paul writing to this church in Corinth, and it's not his first letter, it's his second letter. And so he, he's writing these letters because, um, because he loves them. These are, he has expressed interest in these churches. He's invested in these churches. And so he has great uh, affinity. So, you know, there's a lot of Paul in the church in Corinth. But this is his second letter. So he had to write them again because there were issues there. There were challenges. And, and in this letter, he's talking about how they need to start loving each other at a different level, in a different way. And so he says, the love that I'm talking about, and that's 13.7, he says it's, it's a love that endures all things. It hopes all things. Um, excuse me. It's a love that bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. And so when the hope domino falls, and all of a sudden, and now it's not just that they're unbelievable. You're looking at something that is hopeless. Then he says, love endures all things. And when you look at the at the the meaning of that word endure, when you go back to the Greek that Paul is writing and you look up what that word means, it's actually, it's a military term. And what it means is hold your position at all costs, even to death. Now, now we, we read that, we're thinking, you're connecting that military term to love? And I'll say, no, I'm not doing it. God did. So this this letter was it was inspired by God, written by Paul, preserved by the Holy Spirit. It's in the Bible, all over the world. This is here for us today. And he's saying, absolutely, I want you to begin to look at other people the way that I look at you. And and the you know the last stand of love is to endure. Now, again, let me, let me, it's almost unfortunate that we have to say this, but if you're being harmed, you need to get out of that environment. But in leaving an environment does not mean you kill love. You can love someone and not be in that, in that environment. I believe that we, we need to get to that place where we understand the meaning of, of what Paul also wrote when he says love covers a multitude of sins that, that, when, when someone is doing something that's morally wrong, it's against God's code, it's against social code, and it's against your relational code, th- that doesn't mean love is dead. It means it's being really challenged. And so um, love believes the best as long as possible. This is where I think we have to allow God to start to work in us and through us. And it's, it's being able to uh, take that stance. And it's, I, I, it's kind of ironic that this is a military term, but you almost take this military. Uh, um, they have a stance. Absolutely. Yeah, attitude where you set your feet mm-hmm. and you say, no, I'm not moving. Mm-hmm. So the word endures is a military term that means to hold a position at all costs. Right. Right. Wow. You, and, and 
you know, Jesus came for us and he loved us so much. He died for us. And, you know, do you realize that it was in that death that everything changed? Now, I'm not I'm not saying that that love commits suicide. That's not what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that love is stupid and reckless. And I'm not I'm not saying those things. But there there I think that we have to allow the reality of what what God has called love to be to become the kind of love that we share with the world. And that is we will endure and we will endure until the end. And here, here's what's beautiful about this is when you look at the what is the end? When Jesus was on the cross and, and his, his life is ebbing away and they're just getting ready to put a spear through his side. And he looks at the crowd and he looks at the people. He looks at Mary and John and everybody that's there. And he says, it's finished. Well, when Jesus says it's finished, he's not saying, ah, I quit. I'm done. I can't do this. He's saying the plan that God had for man at this moment is complete. And that, that act on the cross was the most unbelievable, beyond hope, enduring form of love that has ever been expressed throughout history and humanity. And it's that act that has changed time. We, we mark our calendars by, by what happened there. And so, so he's saying, can you begin to love like this? And, and what I believe he's calling us to do is to, is to be more enduring with the things that have gotten to the place of being hopeless. You look at something and say, that will never change. Perhaps it won't, but don't let it change you. And so I, I, I love this, this quote. It's from Tennyson. It's an English poet where he says, better to have loved and lost than to never have loved at all. Now, I know that that sounds so fatalistic, and I'm not, I'm not going all, um, you know, uh, humanities here. I'm not, I'm not trying to go off away from the word. But I look at that statement, I think, you know, if, we, if we're not willing to, to throw love out there with the risk of it never coming back, then I don't think we've really grasped what love is for. Because love is not, it's not, love is not selfish. When you read the list of all the things that love and love isn't, it's not selfish. It's not self-seeking. It's, love is not any of those things. Love is all about giving to somebody else. That's what it really is. And, and when, when Tennyson wrote this poem, one of his dearest friends had just died of a brain hemorrhage at 22. And it changed this guy's life. And so he writes one of his most famous poems. And in that poem is, is this quote. And what he's saying here is, if you can't learn to love in the face of grief, in the face of love, if you can't, if, if you've never uh, experienced these things, then maybe you've never really experienced real love. And, and the greatest love that I've ever experienced, I experienced when I got saved. And I realized that Jesus died for me. And, and all of a sudden, my heart was broken for him because I realized how much he loved me and how horribly I've lived my life and treated him and, and, and everything that he did. And, and I, I, I would never want God to say about me, well, better to have loved and lost. <laughs> right. No. It's awesome when you love and win. And gang, we are here to win the lost. 
And that's why we love. And the love that God has given us, it's a love that bears when others can't. You see someone who's dragging and down and low and depressed, lift them up. It's a love that believes. And when someone's leaving, living an unbelievable life that you just can't, you could never square with, still throw love their way because that's what's going to reach them. And when it gets beyond that and becomes hopeless, love hopes all things. Love hopes in the hopeless. And when that seemingly seems to run its course and you're, you've run out of all things, there is no more hope. Love endures. God's called us to endure. Not for us. We're not even here to endure for the world. We're here to endure for him. And, uh, you know, I say let's, let's take our stance. And, and the way that we fight militarily on, for Christ and, and in God's kingdom it's not, you know, it's not with a machine gun or a tank or anything like that. It's on our knees. And it's lifting up the names of those who you're bearing, who you're believing, who you're hoping, and who you're enduring for. And continuing to love them in Christ till the end. And listeners, I just want to encourage you, if you have a loved one in your family, a friend, a business colleague, anyone in your life that... You're, you're feeling the tension. You're feeling something that, that you don't like that's not love. I just want to encourage you, get on your knees like Pastor Tim said and start really praying for that person and praying for yourself and the relationship. And I guarantee you, like he said, God steps into those situations. It's his favorite time to work. Mm. As we relinquish the control of our lives to the Lord, he fills us with his spirit. His power is transferred through us and we become his hands and feet and mouth and ears in this world, bringing the change that's necessary. And we'll end with that. God bless you. You've been listening to this week's edition of Next Steps for Seniors with your host, Wendy Jones. You can reach Wendy with any questions you have at area 248-651-5010. That's 248-651-5010. Join us again next week as Wendy provides more information and resources for those important next steps for your elderly parent or loved one. The preceding program was sponsored by Next Steps for Seniors Foundation. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.